Hey everyone, what's up? It's Around the ACL. It's me, Michelle Thompson, here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we are just days away from Vegas. Vegas, baby, let's go. Are we there yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pumped. Although I will admit, um, I'm not really a Vegas person. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Vegas? Have you been? Do you like it? What makes you not a Vegas person? I was going to say, that's a little surprising. I mean, you you just said before the show started, you love like a nightclub type of atmosphere, which is like what I Vegas do. is known for. So I do, I, I'm but... more of an, I, I like downtown Vegas. Downtown Vegas okay. is my scene. I'm not a big gambler. So I like the bar hopping and the food in downtown Vegas that on Fremont and everything like that. That's kind of more my style, more so than the strip. Never been. Never I think been Anthony's the gambler of the three of us though. Yeah. I'm not a big gambler, but I do like to get on the tables a little bit, but Misha, I mean, I saw the work you did in uh, Myrtle Beach. I mean, I think you went to bed at like 4 a.m. on New Year's Eve. That <laughs> hey, but that, is true. That was out of character. <laughs> <laughs> not normal. Um, no, I don't know. Vegas, it has a vibe. It's not really my vibe. I'm more like relaxed on the beach. If I'm going to vacation, let's just say, you know, I don't, I, I want to feel rested and rejuvenated, not like now I need a vacation from my vacation. Oh, Vegas um, isn't a vacation. That's where you got it no. wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is not a vacation. It is a grind. It's a grind. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, I grind during the week. I don't really want to grind more on the weekend, I guess, usually. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll definitely uh, take advantage uh, this week and the weekend. But I'm super excited. So we have our first national, the kickoff battle happening February 11th to the 13th at the Mandalay Bay. First pro event of the 2022 uh, cornhole season. And um, it's going to be awesome. So last week we talked about the brackets with singles and we talked about some <clears throat> some death a death bracket in there one in particular so we're you. gonna get into each one of these is there one like that now trey one that is just not the one you want to be in i think it might be d again we'll get into it is a little it? bit i think d stands for death now apparently so <laughs> i guess so. we'll get into it a little bit more I, I think i've narrowed it down to almost like the left side of the d bracket the right side is you know you got some heavy hitters but it's not anything different than any other bracket but that there's a one section that we'll get into that that's that's pretty bad like the singles brackets okay cool well let's get started in a so uh we're gonna look at the uh, bracket here for a for doubles and what are your thoughts on that one trey so in bracket A, we have the reigning team of the year. We have Jamie Graham and Matt Guy, two-time national winners. They are certainly coming in as the heavily favorite team to win the entire thing. So when I look at a bracket that has them in it, my first thoughts are, who's going to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. Give me a reason. Find me somebody that is going to beat them. And I think there's three main ne- three main teams that stick out to me as candidates. Eric Zockline and Tanner Halbert. Although they're a rookie team, they're not a rookie by any means. They're also in the same quadrant, the same quarter of the bracket. So somewhat early opportunity mm-hmm. to beat them. And if you're going to beat a team like that, you always want to beat a team like that early. Now, they will have a little bit of a couple-game runway to play them, but ultimately I think in bracket A, that's going to be an interesting matchup that we get at some point later down the bracket. That's going to be their first obstacle. On the other side, I think you have Cheyenne Renner and James Baldwin, which is almost like a bummer, right? That we have, we know we have Jamie Graham and Matt Guy and Cheyenne Renner and uh, James Baldwin all within the same bracket, which means one of those two teams is not coming out. And I think that's a big deal. 
It yeah. is kind of a bummer. But then also on on the on the bottom quadrant on the right side, you have no Wooten and Tony Smith. Those two, I don't know what I'm gonna get, right? That's that's a very low floor, high ceiling type of team. So we could get a really dominant duo there. Flop shots, roll shots, airmails, huge pushes. We know that they can hit all of them. It's just a question if, if they do and if they have that team chemistry coming out as the first time truly playing together as a unit for this pro for this pro season. So it's it's a pretty stout bracket A with those those four <laughs> names. And when it says you said where it says buy, that's going to be the PDC players, or how does that work? Correct. Yeah, it'll be a PDC team that comes in. So if there's one spot available for a doubles team, then the number one PDC player out of the qualifier will play with the number two PDC player out of the qualifier. So two very good, talented individuals out of the PDC will be playing together. But it's 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 un, it's it's likely that they won't have any team chemistry unless you have some ways that it just lines up perfectly for two players that normally play together, like a Jack and Jake Gore that, that end up together out of there. And how cool is that though? Like what if they go really far? They're just these random people that got paired up. I think that's going to yeah. be fun to watch or yeah. it could be disastrous. We'll see. <laughs> what are your thoughts on a, yeah, Trey, I like the analysis of getting, getting a guy Graham early, especially since they're, they're kind of coming back together as a partnership. It's been a while. So to your point, yeah. Once they get rolling and they remember how they clicked last season, it's going to be tough to beat them. But yeah, big picture out of the out of bracket A for me. Uh, just looking at the, I guess for there's an even split between the left and right hand side for me. It's pretty evenly weighted on both sides. Kind of looking at that left, um, your top and bottom, kind of comparing those. To me, there's clear strength in the top over the bottom, and why. We just see evenly skilled partnerships, uh, evenly high-skilled partnerships. You got a Tanner Halbert with a strong Zockline. You got Hunter with a strong Moppin. You got Matt Guy with a really strong Jamie Graham. The bottom of that left side, just the opposite. I mean, it's really up for grabs, in my opinion, in the bottom. You have a strong Alex Hicks with a Kyle Hutley who doesn't share that same strength. You have an Alan Rawls with an Emery Parker. We know what we're going to get from Al Alan Rawls. But where's Emery Parker's game at right now? I mean, we haven't seen much of him this season. At one point, he was broadcast-level talent. But what do we get now? Uh, you got a Langworthy and a pair. They're both going to have to get hot to come out of that bottom right. And then the same with Little John and Foreman. Um, but to get to that game 59, which is going to be that left-side final, if you will, I really feel like I'm – I really feel like a Graham guy versus a Langworthy pair in that left side. Now, if we move over to the right side, you know, looking at that top half – like you said, Trey, strong favorites with Baldwin Renner and really the strongest team to challenge them out of that 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 right side top is going to be a Malone Johnson. Otherwise, I kind of feel like it's not an easy run, but, uh, you know, an easy path before you run into anybody crazy. Bottom right, um, I do like Tony Smith and Noah Wooten coming out of that bottom right, but they're going to get some decent resistance from a Connie Altice and a Clayton Robinson. Those two making a decent run at open number six, they finished tied for fifth in their bracket with some other top teams in there. I mean, there was a gross Sims at that tied at fifth spot. Uh, the rule brothers were also tied in that tournament with them. Speaking of the rule brothers, I, I think that they're going to give them some resistance as well, but a bracket a finals for me, Graham guy from the left side toss up coming from the right. I like a Wooten Smith or a Renner Baldwin. There we go. All right, Anthony, let's keep it rolling with bracket B. Yeah, bracket B, real similar. <clears throat> Again, a pretty even split for me, left and right-hand side. So comparing left to right, 
Let's go through notables on the left side. Ryan Smith and Eric Davis haven't got going yet this season. Massive potential in Vegas. I think that they could get hot, especially if they can figure out working together as a partnership. They can make a good run. You got Gray Geary and Jimmy McGuffin. They haven't even peaked yet. They're coming. Neistead and Morellis. Neistead, the wild card here. I mean, uh, Morellis looking really nice. You got Corley and Stout. Jay Corley telling me he's feeling the best he's ever felt right now. Nothing worth mentioning yet in open play, um, but he can certainly pop off. And then, of course, we know where Stout is. He showed single broadcast capability last season. You got Spees and uh, Beamer over there that can make a run. Foreman and Creek Killer absolutely balling right now. And then Zaft and Bag and Bill, a major part of carrying the West right now. Finishing 21st in uh, the pro season last season, they can do some work out of the left. If we just take a quick look at the right, you got Belvin and Hunt. Oh, did we lose Anthony's mic? Okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> we yeah. lost Sam. You guys got me? You guys got me? Oh, we're got yeah, you now. Super weird. All right, cool. So uh, just continuing on, I only went through one, one person on the right side, Belvin and Hunt. Uh, Harvey and Holland. Um, or, or yeah, Cameron, Cameron Holland's gonna have the ceiling. And Harvey's really curious for me, Trey. I don't know where you stand on Harvey right now, but I feel like he's this he's this wild card, and I'm getting a little bit nervous because I mean he's killing it in re regionals, but nothing worth mentioning right now in opens in two open singles and doubles appearances, nothing better than 13th. But we've seen the upside of Harvey, and, and it's really, really good. I'm really hoping to see him show up in Vegas. Uh, also continuing at the right side, um, you know, players to take a look at. Ruben Power, fire right now. Those guys are going to be nice. Moores and Almanza, we know what we're going to get from Almanza. Moores needs to do what he did at the last Open. Show, yes. show up again. If he can show up again, those guys are going to be tough. Bernasette Gustafson, elite. Harbaugh King, elite. King's got to get going. And then I think Washington and Stranger can make a run. So bracket finals for me out of the left. Um, I'm going with short-term memory. Who's coming in hot? And this one's a bit of a stretch because... We have a lot of veterans in the mix. I like Foreman and Creek Killer out of the left, just off a of recent memory. And then out of the right, Ruben Powers, your bracket B finals. Pretty darn similar to what I had. The thing that I found most interesting is that not only in that bottom right-hand corner do you have Devin Harbaugh and Derek King and Steven Bernasette and Tom Gustafson, they play each other in the first game. That's going to be one of those premier matchups in that bracket B that everybody's going to be watching I like the takes that you have. Foreman and Creek Killer, I mean, I almost feel bad a little bit for Doug Zapt and Bill Hadley because I think they're, they're slated for a big run. But we're going to learn a lot from Creek Killer and Foreman and see if they're intimidated at all by the big stage because that first game, they're not going to be able to tune up. Zapt and Hadley are going to be playing at a high level, so they're just going to have to deliver. So we'll learn really quick if Foreman and Creek Killer are a – top 30 team or a top 10 team. I mean, they're going to have to build some momentum quickly. Like you said, Ryan Smith and Eric Anderson, I think are a team at the top. That's going to be, you know, we, we saw flashes of them starting to play together last season, Jimmy and Greg in the top left as well. So uh, I still think power and Ruben, this is their bracket to lose, but I think Foreman and Creek killer as well as Geary and McGuffin probably pose the most, the biggest threat. All right, let's go into bracket C. We'll keep it going with you, Trey. Bracket C, I think this is the most winnable bracket of all of them. Uh, when I look through all the different team names, this is this is one that, that is winnable. Turpin and Gonzalez seem like the favorite to me out of the top left portion. Hogan Trzinski out of the bottom left. Windsor and Herrera at the top right. And then maybe 
parent Valdivia on the right side of the bracket as well. Um, this is something that it's, it's a much more flat distribution of talent instead yep. of these really high and really low peaks and valleys. Ultimately, I think this is Ryan Windsor and Azidra Herrera's to lose. They should win this bracket. And if they're going to be another top five team, if they're going to win possibly a world championship, it starts by winning this bracket. They should be the favorite. And I think ultimately they'll, they'll probably take it down. Yeah, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking the same thing. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, you nailed it, Trey. Hey, Misha, if my mic kicks out, just let me know. Uh, it's kind of coming in and out. So, yeah, Trey, using your tom- terminology, I had the same thing. Bracket C, the most winnable of all the brackets. And, and really, why there's there's no threats from a top 15 team here. So, if we kind of stay with the left side, I think this is a great opportunity for someone like a Turpin Gonzalez, a top 24 team from last from last year to make a run. Kuchia Lane, a 31st ranked team from last year, um, could find themselves in the bracket final. Donald Cup, sneaky good with sealing PPRs out of the left side. Keep an eye out for him and Maya. I mean, with this wide open bracket kind of format. If Adrian Johnson can get hot, he'll compliment his partner Leston Allen's elite level game. They could make a deep run. That's all on Johnson. Uh, Shepard and Morgado could make a run in this field, but they're going to need to get past a Hogue and a Trzinski in the second round and Hogan Trzinski showing early success in the open field, really, really strong coming out of the bottom left side left really up for grabs. Um, My takeaway from the right side Trey was it was, it was really heavy, a real heavy West presence. Um, You got a Sherney and Sasueta. They're going to have their handful with a Windsor and Herrera in round one. Uh, If they can get past them in round one, they're going deep. I mean, they could go really deep. Tay Harris and Gino DeLisa, the reigning Colorado State doubles champs. Um, they could get their round one win match against Soprenit and Thorne. Thorne out of out of, uh, out of the West as well. But Harris and DeLisa are going to have to bring their good stuff to win that one. We got Parent and Valdivia out of Cali. Um, they've been helping carry the West alongside Hadley and Zaft. Um, they have a tough round one against Sutton and Frazier. Um, and then you have Labrador and Williams. So just a really heavy presence of the West. But Mish, my favorite... Uh, Windsor Herrera definitely coming out of the right side with no top 15 team threat, uh, but certainly a team in that category could test them if they ceiling at the right time and squeak out a bracket right uh, coming out of the right into the finals. Yeah, and I have a feeling I might know who it is, but I'll save it for the hot take. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go into uh, bracket D for death, as we call it. Anthony. Okay, this one's kind of cool. Um, if you kind of look at a big picture of the bracket, I'm looking at this one as new versus the old and new being this bracket is packed with top rookies. Four of the first eight rookies that came out of the team's draft are in this bracket. Check out some of these rookie teams. You got the Hollands, Josh Holland and his pops, Derek Holland. You got the eight, no qualifier, Corey Gilbert and Josh Thieland. You got open singles winners, winner, Mark Richards and a ball and partner, Philip Lopez right now. Standout rookie Schlobaum is in the bracket with veteran Frank Modlin. You got standout rookie Alex Rawls with the reigning world champion, arguably the best doubles partner right now in Trey Birchfield. So stacked, stacked with rookie talent. The old, so the old side of this kind of new to old comparison. If we look at the top 10 doubles teams from last season, five of those 10 are sitting in this bracket. You've got uh, the number three Davis and Brett Guy. You've got number four Henderson Hisner. Number five, Batson and Grindersleeve. Uh, Gross and Jims were uh, uh, Sims were number nine last season. And you got Lucas Jr. and Dingus at number 10. So now the toughest bracket, bracket 
D round one matchup for me is in that top left side. It's going to be a Tyler Cobb and a Jimmy Humans versus a Hissner Henderson. And this stays with that new versus old, uh, you know, kind of theme, if you will. So a top 10 team from last season, Hissner Henderson going head to head with one of the hottest upward trending new teams in Cobb Humans. And Henderson, Henderson kind of limping into this open or limping into this, yeah. this national coming out of open play. Um, but I think you've said it before, Trey. They're big game players. I see them pulling it together. And if they do, this could end up being a great run and a great match in round one. So if you're looking for a great round one match, I'd go check this one out. So Mish, overall, a battle of top rookies versus top returning pros. And this bracket's really up for grabs for anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, D stands for death for me. Top <laughs> That top left-hand corner, the Hollins. Duncan Clemmer and Brandon Jones, Rosie Streaker and Sam Finley, Jimmy Humans and Tyler Cobb, Adam Hister and Cody Henderson, all within one quadrant of the bracket, which yeah. for me is unbelievable talent and just absolutely stacked. I think that that Humans and Cobb matchup, honestly, the you you said it best. Limping into this event is is Adam Hister and Cody Henderson. So this could be a beating by. Uh, humans and Cobb at the hands of, uh, and so Hister and Henderson could find themselves 0-1 very quickly. Now, I think if the game is close, it will actually favor Hister and Henderson because that means they found a way to turn it on. And in a close game, it is so hard to beat the mental focus and toughness of a Hister and Henderson. They're just so good at it. Uh, Batson and Grindersleeve, Guy and Davis are shootout champions on the right side of the bracket. I think that's going to be an epic matchup that we'll get between them and Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls. So who knows? Who knows what we get there? Ultimately, even though this is a death bracket, I think this is a perfect place for Josh Gross and AJ Sims to take off. They're in the bottom right-hand corner of the bracket, not any part of the death side that I'm talking about. So for them, they may they, they could emerge through this bracket without even having to play in the toughest schedule as in comparison to some of the people on the left-hand side. Ultimately, they're they're in a good place to to, to grow and to and to build. But I think if we look at a bracket final, man, it's tough. It's tough to overlook how good humans and Cobb have been, as well as Trey Birchfield and Alex Rawls. That's maybe where I think we end up in a, in a winner's bracket final there. Doesn't mean they end up winning, but I think that's where we end up getting a winner's bracket final. Maybe someone else coming through the loser's bracket for a double dip. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That that D bracket on both singles and doubles is not necessarily where you want to be, but if you come out of it, it's going to give you a lot of props. <laughs> That's for sure. Big All guy. right, let's go into Morton's corner and bring on Mike uh, to talk about more about our bracket. So welcome, Mike. Hey, guys. So uh, I'm going to stick on topic here with the, uh, with the doubles and then talk about singles for a minute. Um, just a couple of things I want to talk about this week. Um, I'm going to give my overall picks for who I think are going to uh, win each one of the brackets in doubles and singles. And then I've identified uh, two to three matches from each bracket, first round matches that I think are unique or worthy of watching. So if you're trying to look and see what match you want to watch at home and you're, you're scrolling through the four options you're going to have to watch matches this time, um, these are matches that I personally think would be interesting to watch. If you're there in person, you know, maybe you can grab a couple boards that are close to each other and try to watch back and forth a couple of these. There's a lot of really interesting matchups to take care of in the first round. So, um, but to stick with the trend that we were just talking about, doubles, um, really quickly, I'm going to run through who I, I think is going to come through each bracket. And 
I think I mirror a lot of, uh, of your guys' thinking, what you just went through, um, with maybe one or two exceptions. So in doubles bracket A, I just don't I don't know that you're going to unseat Graham and Guy. I, I think that be Graham tough. and Guy have got to be your favorites going in. Now it's not completely shocking if one of these other teams, you know, pull the upset. They're they're not a sure thing. But statistically speaking, I think Graham and Guy have got to be your favorite coming in. Matt Guy has just been unbelievable, Longers. unconscious. Yeah. Like there's no way to comprehend how good Matt Guy has been over the last several opens. Um, haven't seen so much from Jamie, but I believe that on the big stage when it's time to shine, Jamie Graham's going to pull his his weight there. So I, I see them winning it. I've got them winning it over Renner Baldwin. So uh, that's that's how I see that final going down. In doubles bracket B, I really wanted to go with the upset here. And and when it came time to actually write it down, I, I couldn't go against Ruben Power. Ruben Power is, is my my choice. You know, I, I just think they're going to be a fantastic team this year. I think I have them picked as my, my doubles team of the year. Um, so I had I just have to pick them. However, my runner-up uh, is Foreman and Creek Killer. I think they're going to open – there's a lot of the cornhole world that's already opened their eyes to them, but I think they're going to open the country's eyes. I think Foreman and Creek Killer are going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. Um, moving on to bracket uh, C. Completely agree. This bracket is lined up for Windsor and Herrera. Uh, they couldn't have asked for a better bracket to get the year started off right. Um, and let's just say worst case scenario, they stumble a little bit and they only come in a second or a third. Like they're going to be set up with a really nice seed moving forward. Like I don't see them stumbling so bad that they come in a 13th or a 17th place. They're, they should be right there at the end. Um, I've got them winning the bracket. And here's where I I'm differ with you guys. I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse here. I'm going to go with John Fuentes and Johnny Cox. Really? Yes. Just – Call it a hunch. I don't yeah. know. Um, I, I think that they they survive. It's kind of a wide open side on the other side, to be frank. And um, I, I just see them surviving the uh, the, the carnage. Solid yeah. players. Yeah. I, 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 nothing wrong with Fuentes. And, yeah. It's just it's just a matter of they got a ceiling, right? They got a ceiling at the right time. So, they do. And, um, and that's it just I'm playing my hunch card on, on that team. Yep. Um, doubles bracket D. Again, I don't normally do this, but I, I guess I'm going chalk down the board. Um, I just Birchfield and Rawls. I just don't feel like they're going to lose. I feel like they're going to turn it up. It's it's showtime. It's prime time. And I want I, I, I want to say you say chalk, which means according to you, chalk means Birchfield and Rawls are better than Brett Guy and Eric Davis. I personally would put them a notch above. If I was trying to put chalk and put, you know, the absolute one, two, three, four, I would call them the chalk. Mike, I'm just setting you up. That, that's just what I, I do. I just, I just <laughs> want to make everybody make it clear that Mike is saying that. No, no, they <laughs> mostly we, because we I've been the one that doesn't. I was going to say I've been the one that's been harsh on Brett Guy, so I just wanted somebody else to step in. And, uh, Brett Guy does not need any more fuel to to fuel that that engine that makes him go. But you know, there there it is for him. But uh, no, I, I do think Birchfield and Rawls. Um, you got to give Birchfield props for his year last year. I know that his uh, open performances have not exactly been up to his standard for the most part, but they've been really solid. 
Um, well, doubles they've been really good. So, yeah, I mean, if so, anything, the doubles aspect of it, it it lends it lends you to be right there. Yes, and and I believe that Alex has been solid so far. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been a, an absolute, you know, top four player, but he's been pretty solid. And I think that again, prime time, first pro uh, event of the year, they're they're the team to beat. And um, I've got them taken down in a close one. I've got them taken down um, Grindersleeve and Batson in the finals. So this one was a toss up. I had I had Grindersleeve, Batson. I had um, the other team uh, from Texas, Sims and Gross. I could not I could not pick between the two. Ultimately, I landed on uh, Grindersleeve and Batson. So there's my doubles choices. Um just go back through real quick, and I want to uh, uh, hit on a few of those key matchups that I talked about in the first round anyway that I liked. And you guys touched on some of them, or at least on some of the teams. Um, in doubles bracket A, I think the matchup of Peyton Mayers and Blaine Rozier versus Kyle Malone and Cody Johnson is going to be yeah. an interesting match to watch. Now, again, I'm not picking those guys to win the bracket at all. But I, I think that they have the potential to go on deep runs. They're very evenly matched at a high skill level. And I think we're going to find out which one of them is, is going to, you know, bring their A game and, and be ready to travel through that bracket right there out of the gate. Yeah, I, I, I my money would be on Malone and Johnson on that one. Malone's really good right now. And Johnson, I think, is going to be up to, up to the task. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I, I just think that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, the other one that if I, I had to choose to watch in doubles bracket A, I would go in the first round with Noah Wooten and Tony Smith versus uh, Connie Altice and Clayton Robertson. We all know what I've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, we've, I've been talking about Connie for a while now. I've been on the Connie you know, bandwagon for a while. Clayton's a very solid player that sometimes gets lost um, You know, with, with Connie as his partner. She gets all the attention. He's a very solid player. But this one's going to come down to, I think you guys alluded to it earlier, Noah and Tony. What are we going to get from them? Are we going to get a top three doubles team, or are we going to get just a really solid, good team? Yeah, I, I, I that game 100% comes down to Clayton Robertson. That that game, yeah. yeah, that game will be decided by Clayton if he if he does not play if he does not play his A or A plus game, they're not going to win. I actually, I think I might go out on a limb and, and say I, I disagree a little bit. I think the game's going to come down to Noah and Tony and whether they bring their their normal A game or whether they're off just a smidge. Because both of those players can be the best in the world at any moment in time, but they can also be very good. Yeah, and I've seen less. Anywhere they're very good, they can get beat right here in the first round. I've seen less poor performances from Tony Smith yeah. recently that has me confident in that he's not going to have too poor of a performance, but I could understand where on, on the Wooten side, um, if, if that makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's yeah, worst. No, it's, I, we're going to beat most of the field. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, even on their, I just, day, and I also know. think it also depends on who plays against who, because I think as good as all Tice is her playing against Tony Smith is a nightmare matchup nightmare for Connie Altice. So if I'm them, I'm putting Clayton Robertson against Tony, uh, Tony Smith and putting Noah against uh, Noah against Connie. Noah has more of an opportunity to be a little bit off and he starts missing left and right. That's just, that plays into Altice's yeah. game right. very well. Yep. I wouldn't disagree with that. 
So moving on to doubles bracket B, um, the, the first round matchups that I really like a lot. We mentioned Foreman Creek Killer and Zaft Hadley. I already said I see Foreman Creek Killer making it all the way to the bracket finals. Um, and Zaft and Hadley right off the bat. I mean, that's just almost whew, welcome to the welcome to the pros, you know. So yeah, we'll yeah. see which team brings their A game there and, and survives a bloodbath. I expect it to be a bloodbath. Um, Bernaset and Gustafson, Harbaugh and King. I think that's going to be a great matchup to watch. I think it's going to tell a little bit about where Harbaugh and King are going to be with their heads, you know, together exactly. in the game, how well they play together. They're not going to get any gimmies. There's, there's not going to be any, Hey, we get a couple tune-ups, no rounders, nothing like that. They're going to step right into the fire against Bernasette and Gustafson. So yeah, that's I a great really point know. because they can go from, to use our previous terms, contender to pre- from pretender to contender immediately on one win, right? Absolutely. Because they 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 shout they they push away any doubt whatsoever. If they win. beat Gustafson and Bernasette one game. Yep. Yeah, those guys lost. Mojo is regained. Those guys have yep. played so much together. I think it'll be instant chemistry, but it's going to come down to King and what he's doing on his half of the board. Right. Yep. <laughs> and then the other interesting matchup I found in this bracket, and this is just an interesting matchup. We got Ruben and Power versus the Chads. So um, we have uh, partners from last year pairing up in the first round with, um, you know, Jordan Power and uh, Chad Webb. I don't think there was necessarily any animosity between them when they split. However, you know, it, it probably would be pretty sweet if, uh, if for Chad if he could pull off the big upset of his, his sport, former partner there. Come on, Mike. That's not happening. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> I did not go out on a limb. I just said it would be really sweet for him. Anthony, Anthony's a savage right now. Anthony <laughs> just said no shot. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to try to move a little quicker through these next couple. But doubles bracket C, again, Windsor Herrera should be just fine in this bracket. But a couple of interesting matchups to call your attention to. I like Isabella uh, Soprenit and Hunter Thorne versus uh, Tay Harris and Gino DeLisa. Yeah, I think those are two one. young teams that are hungry. Um, they both have the potential to make some noise. I see this as a pretty evenly matchup, pretty, pretty evenly matched game. Um, I think it'll be a fun one to watch. Um, the other one, I uh, may be a little bit biased, but for the same reason, I do think it'll be fairly evenly matched. Um, Fuentes and Cox versus Morton and Cripps right off the bat. Um, Morton and Cripps are still trying to find their, uh, their, their mojo together, if you will. Um, they really have not played their best in doubles yet. I do know that they're both working really hard, and I think that I see that game as a 50-50 toss-up. And anytime you get a 50-50 toss-up and the talent level is so high, um, it could be fun to watch. So uh, moving on to bracket D, I've got uh, one of my favorite teams that everyone sleep, seems to sleep on, Lester Price and Corey Morrison versus uh, Lopez Jr. And, and Mark Richards. I like Corey Morrison and Lester Price. I think the the ceiling for that team is tremendous. Now, they don't always play up to that ceiling, in particular, and I'm not picking on him. Lester knows he had a bit of a down year last year. A couple bad breaks here, a couple bad games there, and next thing you know, he kind of fades from, from uh, you know, the public view. However, he's still a great player. 
And Corey Morrison, just I don't know how he eludes everyone's attention. He's a great player. Yeah. I was just gonna say, and I and this is saying this is a hyperbolic statement, and I do not make these. I think there is a legitimate case to say Corey Morrison is the most underrated pro of all time, and that's very well lot. could be. Very well because could be. Every but nobody realizes that he's been consistently a top 20 to 25 player every single year that he's been a pro. Every single year. And that's because every single time he finishes seventh in his bracket. It's seventh in his bracket. It's fifth in his bracket. And he's always in there. He's never made it to a bracket final. So people don't people don't see it right in front of their face. Right. So they forget about him. But I'm telling you, Corey Morrison is legit. Every time Pretty I talk cool. to a Kentucky player, they say, watch out for Morrison. He's coming. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. So you get, you get Corey playing his normal, his normal quality level, which we all agree is fantastic. You get Lester Price to 90% of where he was before. And this is a super dangerous team that no one, see, no one sees coming. So, yeah. um, And then taking on the rookie team of Lopez Jr. and Richards. I, I would love to see that match. Yeah, right, the, the other one that I've got uh, circled here is Birchfield and Rawls and um, Trevor Brooks and Jay Dotson. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I mean, that's going to be fun. You don't have to see that game. You'll be able to hear it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Maybe we're in the Mandalay Bay. Maybe even in Vegas. Yeah. So Birchfield and Rawls, Trevor Brooks and Jay Dotson right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, you should see a crowd around that board. That That's yeah. going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. So. Those are my matches that I think uh, I think everyone should pay attention to. And there was my uh, my doubles predictions. I got Graham Guy, Ruben Power, Windsor Herrera, and Birchfield Rawls. Um, I don't have time to go through. I don't think the singles matches, but I do real quickly. I'll give you who I think are going to take down each bracket. Um, I know you guys went through this last week. Um, I've got uh, Jamie Graham for uh, bracket A, Jordan Power for bracket B, Frank Modlin for C, and Matt Guy for D. All right. So I know a little, little bit of a, you know, maybe I see Trey nodding his head a little bit when I said Frank Modlin. I think yeah. I just think the matchups work in his favor in that bracket. Um, and then overall, I've got Matt Guy taking down uh, Jordan Power in singles, and I've got um, Ruben Power taking down Guy and Graham in doubles. So that's really interesting because it's Matt Guy and Jordan Power that keep getting that second place. So you're saying one of them will push through. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is going to get over the hump. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Mike, and sharing that with us. We will see if your predictions are correct. And we look forward to seeing what happens in Vegas. All right, guys. We'll see you there. Can't wait. Thanks, Mike. All right. Bye. Absolutely. All right, really quick, jumping into news around the league. We had the North Carolina State Championship with our advanced singles winner being Jamie Graham, then Eric Davis, Josh Holland, and then Travis Purser. For doubles, we had Derek Holland and Josh Holland, Jamie Graham and Frank Maudlin, and then Eric Davis and Duncan Clemmer. We also have really the quick, South. Really quick, yeah, I want to add one comment in there. I know we want to go through this segment fast. I got a text from somebody that said, if Eric Davis plays like he played at the North Carolina State Championship, he will win the entire national. So, Whoa. okay. Now in the finals, he, it, it didn't look like I kind of watched a clip. It didn't look like he was caring as much for some reason when he played Jamie Graham, but just a little hmm. tidbit, a little bit, a little info for you. Is this a I reliable like anonymous source? Yes. Uh, he may or may not own a bad company. Okay. okay well, <laughs> I think we know well, who that is. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a little bit biased. We'll say that. All right. South Carolina State Championship. We had Jordan Kimbrell in first for advanced singles, then Matt West, then Isaac Overcash, then doubles, Tanner Mullinax, Haley Price. My dog, I swear. <laughs> Sorry about that. Don't mind what's happening behind me. In second, we had Jason Smith and Isaac Overcash. And then in third, Jeremiah Stewart and Joe Nathan Peckham. Now we're getting into buy and sell. We're doing it a little differently this week. So we have the money line odds going into Vegas. And so what I'm going to do is read a name and then tell you what the uh, money line odd is. And you tell me if you would buy or sell. The first one being Matt Guy plus 325. Buy or sell, Trey? Yeah, so real quick for those not familiar with, with sports betting, money, money line odds. If it's a positive money line odd, then it's bet $100 to earn that amount. So Matt Guy plus 325. If you were to lay $100 on Matt Guy to win the entire singles event, you would get paid out $325. So when I look at Matt Guy 325, he is the favorite. He does have the best odds of anyone at 325. I just think it's tough when you have 256 players. Even though Matt Guy has been as good he has been, I think you need to almost – um, you know, uh, uh, combine that with another hundred dollars on somebody else to kind of limit, limit your, or, uh, give you another option to win there. I just think Matt guy, 25, is right. It's the right odds. It's what it should be. It's just for yeah. me, if I'm laying my hundred, I'm going to, I'm going to sell on that. Okay. Anthony. Yeah. I'm aligning with that. He's the favorite for sure. Four second places in a row, one win in six attempts. And I can't bet on a curse, Mish. I'm not messing oh, no. with any curses. <laughs> yeah, you bump that to curse. like a <laughs> you bump that to like a 700 or a, even a 600, and I'd consider buying. But I'm going to sell at 325. Well, then how about this next one, Brett Guy, Eric Davis, plus 1500. I think it's an incredible value there, plus yeah. 1500. I, I'm actually going to buy that 1500. And I get the pro shootout champions from last season. And they've been okay in this offseason, but self-proclaimed, they have not played well at all. I just think, do I necessarily think Brett Guy and Eric Davis are going to win? I don't know. I think it's 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 definitely less than you know 25%. But at the same time, to bet $100 and get $1,500 on there, I look at their bracket. They are in the death bracket, but on the... They're on the other side of all those loaded players, right? They're 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 they have a big matchup early with Birchfield and Rawls, which is a winnable but tough game. But then they don't have to play really another loaded team until they got to the finals. I I I like it. I buy it. Anthony. Yeah, Trey, you covered what we get from last season, and then you mentioned uh, we haven't really seen them this season showing up. Um, but I will mention they did make all three of our top ten lists. Trey, me, and you actually had them ranked at number one. I, if we had to re-rank, they wouldn't be there. Uh, they'd still be a top team, but I don't know. Let's let's kind of look, look just a real breakdown of their run. So they got to get through a Hayden, Hayden Dennis in the first round. I think they're good there. Second round, they run into a Birchfield Rawls. Uh, they then run into uh, potentially a Lopez Richards, which is insane. Uh, then they would have to get to get uh, to beat that left side. They'd have to get a Hollins or a Cobb Humans or a Hisner Henderson or a Maudlin Schlobaum twice to win the bracket, then they're not done. I mean, then they would have to go potentially through a power Ruben, a Graham guy, a good night. I mean, that's, 
to tell me to do that run in 15 to one odds, I'm actually going to sell it. I don't want any part of that one. Well, when you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Number three, Derek King and Devin Harbaugh plus 5,000. Somebody's going to buy this and they they may, they may get run away with all the value in the world. I just, until I see what Derek King is this year, I just can't lay any money on a team with Derek King on it. Devin Harbaugh, I'm sold on. You ain't got to do anything convincing with me. I just got to sell on Derek King. Are you selling Anthony? No, no. 50, 50 to one. I like this one a lot. And the reason being is their half of that bracket is winnable. Harbaugh's definitely going to bring the positive side of that 15 to one, 50 to one. Just like you said, Trey, it comes down to King and King doesn't even need to be the 2020 King. I mean, he just needs to be okay at 50 to one odds. We're talking 15 to one. So Mish, if King comes in looking like he did at the last open, I like this one at 50 to one. I'd buy it. The other thing though, for me, they got to play Gustafson and Bernaset. So he can't at first game. So you, you almost can't be just okay in the first game. That's it's tough, but right. hey, hey, I like when we disagree. We know ne- we always yeah. usually agree. This is good. <laughs> yeah, like that's fun. This is going really well so far. <laughs> Number four, like we know how you guys bet differently. Damon Dennis plus 1500. Uh, buy it. Uh, MVP from last year, I get 15 to one odds. I don't care what bracket he's in, doesn't matter. Okay, I get the MVP of the year plus 1500, lay a hundred dollars down. I love it, Anthony. Are you agree? I'm going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's my hesitance. Um, big fan, by the way, of Damon Dennis. Uh, but my hesitant is there's this downward trend, right? He comes out at national number one last season, wins it. And then as you work through the pro season, he takes a fifth, improves to a second, but then he goes fifth, 33rd at Worlds, and then we're in open play right now. And he's... First of all, he hasn't won a bracket, much less an entire tournament. And this is what we're betting on, that he'd win a whole tournament at the pro season. So for 15 to 1, I mean, we're talking about winning the entire pro singles division. And man, I I don't know. I'm a big Damon Dennis fan. I mean, you can't help but love this guy. But uh, 15 to 1 odds and a downward trend, I'm going to sell on that one. Okay, last one. Tony Smith plus 3,500. What do you think, Trey? I like like yeah, I like this one. I think we'll both agree on this one. This one is this one's good value because the the good news is if he ceilings, he will win. If he ceilings, he will win this tournament. 100%. Book it. Write it down. The question is is just will he? So, I'm I'm betting on maybe uh, a 15% chance, 10% chance that he he can do that. Um maybe that's a little high to estimate it like that, but but still, I I I like it. I like the value. Mish, you know what I'm going to say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tony Smith is a shooter. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what was that? Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know. Being a corn player is what he does. He eats, breathes, and sleeps it. 35 to 1 odds. I put 100 bucks down and I win 3,500. I like it. I'm buying that one all day. Fair enough. I, I would agree. All right. Going into the women's doubles, uh, senior and PDC preview. Those are all happening at the same time on February 11th, which is Friday. It starts at 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, what are some of your thoughts about the women's doubles? Trey, we'll go with you first. Yeah, I, I, I had a bunch of tweets that went out this morning. I think uh, the, the top two. Renner and Cassidy, Streaker and Finley. They're your they're your alphas, right? And then the question is who fills in the gaps? I think 
Miranda Coy and Courtney Coy. Miranda Coy is going to be so much fun to watch. Like Bella Soprenant is fun to watch. They both have that roll style game, dirty style game, which is unique in the women's division. So Soprenant and Belvin are going to be a tough team. Uh, All Tyson Duel are going to be a team that puts a ton of bags in the hole. Ultimately, I still think it's Cassidy Renner, Streaker, and Finley's to lose. They have won four of the past five women's doubles events across the past calendar year. So they're going to be the favorite, but there's still room for someone, like I said, or even a, a Moppin and Hunter to sneak in and get a win. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what are your thoughts about women's doubles? Yeah, Trey, I can trim, trim up my segment. You said a lot of the things that I was going to say, but I will mention just to look at the scope, what are we talking about in women's doubles? 19 women's doubles teams uh, are coming in. So an increase from last season. So really pumped about more women in the league. And certainly that's going to be a growing trend. The only thing I would add to what you said about Renner Cassidy is they were unanimously ranked number one on all three of the women's doubles list. I agree with you. It's Renner and Cassidy's to lose, but I do have a watchful eye out. I'm kind of excited to see a deeper, deeper into these players capability and what they can do style wise. That's a Brianna close, a Chelsea Hubbard, Charlene Simmons, Autumn Nunez, Tanisha Lashley, and and Wendy uh, Selmeyer. Um, for me, just great to get exposure to them live and see more of their game. So I'm going to have a watchful watchful eye out for them this weekend. If you want a sleeper, Tegan Owens, Deborah Odom. There's your sleeper. I was Love just it. thinking Love about that. Deborah Odom. That's so funny that you mentioned that. I was like, Deborah Odom, man, she is. I mean, she's an athlete. So yeah, yeah, I, I would watch out for her too. Senior singles, Trey, uh, uh, I'll go with you first, Anthony. What are your thoughts on senior yeah, singles? Yeah, sure. Uh, so like, Hasib Habibon. I feel Habibon. like Trey has to say his dad, right? Isn't that weird <laughs> if he doesn't? I'm not <laughs> going to say it. <laughs> so, uh, He's not on my player to watch list. Oh, man. Savage. I'm brutal. So uh, Hobby Bond won it last year. So he's back to defend. And um, seniors is actually pretty stacked. So if you look at that, you got a Chucky Love who's putting up crazy numbers right now with the slick side of his Typhoons. He has two open seniors wins. You got Damon yeah. Dennis and Philip Hayden both won a seniors singles championship last season. The reigning World Seniors Doubles Championship, they're in the field. You have Bill Hadley, the reigning World's Seniors Singles Champion. He's in the mix. And then, Trey, if you throw in a Jimmy McGuffin in there, all of a sudden it feels like, damn, the seniors division is stacked. I mean, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think Damon Dennis still has to be the favorite. Um, with, with Bill Hadley, a close number two. You also have Asib Habibon up there. That's got some experience. If anything, uh, everything that you just said is, is great. The only thing I'll add is two rookies, which is weird to think about when you say senior singles, but two rookies that we have coming into the season. Steve Schroeder out of Wisconsin and then Terry Mathis out of Indiana. Those two kind of question marks. We know they're solid players, but in a stacked field where you have people like Chucky Love playing unbelievably right now, are they going to be someone that goes two and two? Uh, or are they going to be someone that makes it all the way to maybe a bracket final? So interesting to see how those two rookies uh, play this season. Awesome. And just real quick, any thoughts, Trey, about the PDC qualifier? Yeah, the PDC is going to be interesting. I think, uh, one, if any, anybody is kind of a, a betting favorite to come out of the PDC, I think it's got to be Jake Gore. Um, he has been so solid across all of the different events that he's played in, especially the open events 
this season. His brother um, will, will be interesting to see. I think it's all, honestly going to come down to how the rounders plays out, right? Because with such limited spots, it's likely that you have to go undefeated in the qualifier, which means if in round one, Jake Gore and Jack Gore had to play each other, I mean, that that could ultimately eliminate the yeah. other. So not only is it going to come down to the best player, but it's also going to come down to who gets uh, the path that avoids some of these top other top-level talents until you get to that last game. Yeah. Anthony, last-minute thoughts here. Yeah, lots of his thoughts. Brian Schramm, Brennan Ballard, Mark Lopez, Richard Vasquez, Eli Stevens, Jacob Gore, Jack, Jackson Gore, Tom Gorski, and Florentina Mendoza all have legitimate shots at cracking through that PDC cut and ruining some pro weekends. I mean, <laughs> Mish, how insane would that be if a player came out of the PDC? And if you get the right matchup in doubles, if you get the right two to pair in doubles, could essentially ruin Pro day. I want it. I want it. I'm I'm right? here for it. <laughs> and, you know, here's exactly. the other thing to keep. Here's the other thing to keep in mind too. The PDC ends and an hour later pro singles start. So you okay. really don't even have to wait that long to keep that momentum going playing mm -hmm. in singles. Love it. It's an advantage. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, time for our holy hot takes. Trey, you got your hot take. Uh, I do. I do, and it's. It's kind of it's like warm take, I guess. But I got <laughs> mm -hmm. I got Foreman and Creek Killer beating Jay Rubin and Jordan Power in Game One of a double dip, but losing the second one. So they come this close to taking down uh, Jordan Power and Jay Rubin in the finals of Bracket B and Pro Doubles uh, in in Vegas this weekend. Okay. Okay. It's very specific, Anthony. Yeah. All right, one of the pro spots, my hot take, one of the pro spots earned the hard way. Getting through the PDC qualifier will be out of the West going to a junior by the name of Brennan Ballard. Yay. Let's go, Brennan. That's perfect because my hot take is also about a West Coast player, Nick Williams. And I think Nick Williams is going to do some work over in his bracket, and I pick him for getting top 10 in either singles or doubles. I don't know which one. But I think he's going to make some some uh, some noise there, and I want to give a shout-out to Nick Williams, so look out for him. That's all we got for uh, this week. We look forward to seeing anyone in Vegas who's going to be there and uh, look forward to you guys watching it wherever you're at. And when's the broadcast, Trey? Do we know? Yeah, Friday, 6.30, Friday, 6.30 local time, 9.30 Eastern, and then Sunday, and that's on ESPN, and then Sunday ESPN 2, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 Pacific. All right, look for us there. We'll see you next time.